You're listening to the Nice Girls CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Benavidez, and I am so passionate about women and maybe a few good men too, who are ready to live on purpose and make an impact. So if you want to be a leader in the world and build a business that makes a difference, and you want to be bold and confident so you can show up and stand out, then this is the place to be. Ready? Let's go. Hey friends, are you ready to go from 1099 worker to CEO of your business and a business that's growing and in alignment and ready for bigger things? This episode is going to be for you because our guest expert today, Sarah Torres Farrick, is an HR expert who is bringing her skills and knowledge to the entrepreneurial world. And in this episode, she delivers. There is going to be major value bombs. I have an entire sheet of notes that I took while we were chatting. I even took my notes on a piece of paper upside down because I just couldn't grab it quickly enough. Good, good stuff coming your way, including the three team members that you're going to need, the questions to ask yourself and the things to do before you start to hire so that you do it right, and ideas to cultivate a community within your business of all of your team members, employees, so that you are all on the same page and growing a business together for your bigger dreams. So if you're ready to have more time for your passions, get ready to take notes and take action after this episode. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nice Girl CEO. I'm excited to welcome a guest expert today. We are going to be talking about something that I think is really important for entrepreneurs, especially small business owners that are working online know how to do these things and get ready for growth in their business, but the right kind of growth. And I think that's what's really going to be impactful for you all today. Our guest is Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and share your story with our listeners. So I know that you are a human resources expert, so that's what we're going to be talking about today, but more specifically for small business owners online, entrepreneurs. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in this. Well, I kind of fell into HR. I graduated with a degree in philosophy, and I'm still trying to figure out how to make money doing philosophy, but Mm. my dad was in HR, so I went into HR as an intern, and I've kind of been there ever since. In terms of the small business world, my husband, he's had a small business for about 10 years and I've kind of reluctantly grown into the business manager. So I've been that spouse that doesn't understand to the spouse that understands to the spouse that loves it. And so now we have two small businesses, the baseball side that he does the baseball for, I do the back end and then the HR and the HR small business came about really because of my husband. I was working at big government organizations doing HR for what, 11, I guess at this time, maybe nine years. And I was talking to my husband about going for a new promotion, what I wasn't liking. And he said, really, you think that this, this is the answer? You always have this, right? That mm-hmm. corporate ladder, you get to the next rung and then you like it for a little bit and then you have the same kind of thought. And you know, all that time that you're helping me and my business partners with HR, people could pay for that. And that's, that's a, that's a business, Sarah. 
So it's kind of a slap in the face to say, yeah, I do really enjoy helping small businesses. I think they do a lot for this country. They provide a lot of opportunities. And I really enjoy helping small business owners, especially female female entrepreneurs, grow their businesses and create great workplaces. So that, that's where I am today. So exciting. And I love that. You know, like I feel because I speak with mostly women entrepreneurs, I hear the opposite where it's like we're going for our dreams and the husbands are working corporate and not really understanding us. Like they, they want to support us, but they have to wrap their heads around our world because it's totally different. So it's cool that you've brought those techniques that you know, the skills that you know into this world. And it's a little bit of the flip of what I've been used to. Oh, definitely. So really quick, before we dive in a little more, tell us like a little bit about what HR looks like in the corporate world, because I've never worked a corporate job. So I only hear a little bit from what my husband shares. And then tell us like how that works in our entrepreneurial online businesses. That is a great question and a question I never get, but it is so important because it's a little the same and it's very different. So Mm In the corporate world, in a big organization, there's probably an entire department of HR, and they're probably broken up into different things. So you have a bunch of folks that are doing recruitment. They're making sure we're finding those software engineers. We're finding those big accountants, those sales reps. And that's really all they're focusing on. And then we might go to another part of the big HR department and we'll find the folks making sure our diversity program is appropriate, making sure we're not having that systemic discrimination within our organization. Then we also have people that are making sure we're following all the rules because there are so many rules and most of them don't align with common sense. So you really do need (laughs) people that all they do all day is know what these rules are and tell you, I know it doesn't make any sense, but you can't do that, right? Right. And then there's also folks that focus on more of the engagement, the atmosphere, what it's like to work at the organization. And they answer questions like, mm-hmm. how do we get the best people? How do we keep them motivated? How do we get the most work out of our people? How do we make sure they're not getting burnt out and stressed out? And so there's, you can tell that's so diverse and it's boiled down. Like in, if you're in a Fortune 500 company, that's that's going to be a lot of people, right? right? They probably have their own C-level person kind of running the show. So when we go into a small business, they can't afford, and it doesn't make sense for them to have all those people on their team, right? Their first hires aren't going to be HR folk, but they still have all those rules to follow, right? They still have people to find. They still have diversity and inclusion to think about. They still want to make sure that they have a good work environment. They're not burning their people out. They're getting engaged in high performance. So they still need to get the answers that the big companies do, but they can't, you know, afford to pay 40 people a salary to get it there. So what we've seen is that this kind of, I call it like the high end HR has been out of, it's just out of touch. It's not realistic for small businesses to have. So they're doing a lot of DIY it. They're kind of Googling in and hoping (laughs) they have the right answer. And what's scary is that if, especially on the compliance side, if we make a mistake as a big company, that's okay. We'll probably just, you know, pay a little money and it'll go away. 
if we're a small business and we get a fine because we messed up how we're paying people, if we get a complaint, if we're keeping bringing people on board and they're not working out and we have to get rid of them and find new people, that's a, that's a lot of money and that, that can cripple even destroy a small business. So what you know I try to do is how can we translate this kind of traditional idea of HR to what makes sense for the small business so they're still getting the protection and the good stuff, but they're not going broke doing it. Oh, so good. I, and again, I feel like there's way too many entrepreneurs, even ones that are you know, multi-six figures that haven't necessarily tapped into this part of their business. And I don't know, I feel like this is such a basic and foundational piece of what we all need. So I'm so excited. Yeah. And I think one thing that got me into really diving deep into content creation and not just helping one-on-one clients is hearing the information out there because, mm-hmm. and I, I, I get people like I've listened to top rated podcasts that are giving the wrong HR information. And it's really not a fault to them because like I said, the common sense and the rules don't always drive together. So, so many times when I listen to a high-end podcast, they're going to interview somebody on hiring, but they're just interviewing a leader, just a business owner of some business. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about their experience. And it might've worked for them that day because nobody brought up that it actually violated a rule. Nobody brought up this or that about it. And now they're just proclaiming it to the world that that's how we should do the personal aspects of our business. And, and now everybody's following and I would just be listening to this thing saying, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. You know, you, yeah. you, need, you need the right help. So I'm hoping, you know, things like this, I know this is one of the things that you do for your community is making sure they have valuable information. Yes, 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 yes. So I hope everyone is ready for this. Grab your notebooks, take some notes and be ready to implement this in your business and, and do it right. So part of, I think, the Nice Girl CEO characteristics is about doing business on your own terms and also doing it right from the start. So we're going to make mistakes along the way, but when you start to learn about things that you need to have in place, start doing them as soon as possible. So that's what we're going to talk about today is like, how can you business owners free up some of your time, really keep your CEO hat on while building a business of your dreams, being able to delegate and really create a a culture within your business, even if your team is virtual, that goes in alignment with the bigger vision so that you are number one, legit, and number two, making the impact that you need to be making in the world. Yes? Definitely. All right. Well, then let's dive in to some tips on things that we need to be thinking about as we are building our teams and keeping this HR perspective front and center. Well, the first I think is just what you said. We need to be that CEO. And to be that CEO, I kind of think about it as, you know, I'm a mom and we've been going through difficult times. And so I have to think about, am I, am I the one that has to make dinner, that has to work and bring in the money, that has to do play, that has to do the virtual school? No, I don't have to be the one doing all of that for my kids. I have to be mm-hmm. the one making sure it all happens for my kids. So it's okay if I have a grocery delivery service. It's okay if I have a maid. It's okay if I have a tutor. It's okay if I look to a partner or look for this expert or that expert to help. So that's what the CEO mindset is, is you need to sit on that CEO and think, I don't have to do everything. 
I have to make sure everything gets done. And Mm. one of the biggest struggles I see is that people are scared to give up their baby, right? They're, they think, oh, but only I can do it. I'm the only one with the magic sauce. Only I can do it. Or, oh, it's going to get done wrong. Or it's going to be more trouble than it's worth because I'm going to be kind of hovering over, over them to get it done. And that kind of mindset is going to have you be stuck. Because then I think you're, you're just a, a sole proprietor, right? You're just a 1099 worker working with your client. But if you want a business where you're the CEO, there, there has to be other aspects. There has to be other people, other systems in the business kind of helping you. What I like to do with my clients is have them go through a process. And sometimes this process means, hey, you should go hire a team member now. Sometimes it doesn't because one of the worst things that we can do in terms of HR is move too fast, right? So we like to think you want to hire slow and fire quickly. So we don't want to jump in. If you're sitting there today and you're thinking, I have so so much work to do, I just can't be bothered with social media and let me just go hire someone to do social media, that's not a CEO reaction, right? We need to make sure we're having a CEO reaction. So what I think would be great for everybody to do is go through the exercise of where you're kind of brain dumping and mapping out everything that you do. So some people, this might take a week for them to just journal, dictate into their phone everything that they're doing. So now you have a list of all the business tasks that you do, and then you're going to group them together, and then you're going to prioritize them. And the reason why we're going to group them together and prioritize them early on is because we don't want to worry about the low priorities. So sometimes we hear people say, well, just hire for the stuff you don't like to do. Well, oftentimes what you don't like to do might also be something you don't need to do. So I'd rather us group things together and take stuff off our plate before we hire somebody. So now if we're looking through this and we're thinking, okay, these things, what if we have something that's taking a lot of our time that's a low priority? okay, maybe we don't have to do it or maybe we can work on the system. So as the CEO, that's, those are the decisions you can make. And before you make a decision to bring somebody on, even as like a 1099, a contractor employee, I want you to think about, can I delete this? And then do I have systems and processes to help me? Because it's going to be much more efficient if you're, say, bringing on a social media expert to help you with social media. If you already have an idea about what you're doing, right? So I, I like to think that there's three kinds of team members we can have. The most common type is the support, right? So that's like our VA or social media helper, might be somebody editing your YouTube videos. These people are helping you. Sure, you could do that work, but at some point, it's going to make more sense from both a financial sense, I can pay somebody $30 to do something and then I'm going to go charge somebody $150 for my time. Well, that makes sense every day. Or it could make sense from a strategic standpoint. I need to free up my time to be that strategic leader of my company. Or sometimes us ladies just need to have more structure, have more systems, delegate in our business so that we're not working all day and we actually have time off, we actually have time for our passions that we're not completely consumed with our business. It's okay to want to delegate for that reason too. 
But then, so oftentimes this support person is who we jump to. And these support people, you, you, you want to make sure that you have a sense of what you want before, before you hire them. Then there's also another you. So I call this the mini you. So you might decide you want to be the CEO of an agency. So maybe you're a CPA and it's not that you need to hire a VA to help you. It's that you need to hire a bookkeeper to provide bookkeeping services to your customers. It's Mm -hmm. you need to hire a junior CPA. So you're not going to know that unless you go through this exercise that's telling you, hey, I'm spending a lot of my time with clients. And so I'm not, I don't have time to grow my business. Maybe I want to do a course. Maybe I just need a break because it, it takes a lot of energy to do taxes, to do bookkeeping. So then when you go through this exercise, you're going to say, well, it's going to make more sense from a strategic standpoint to have an agency where I'm hiring bookkeepers and CPAs. And then the last category of folks is often the ones we jump past. But for most of us, that's who we should hire first. And this is the expert. These are the people that you can't Google your way to being. But you're not, you can't Google your way to being an attorney to help you understand if you should be an S-Corp or an LLC or you just need to de- uh, doing business as, right? You, you really can't Google your way to that. So oftentimes, some of our first hires should be hey, I need to consult with an attorney or I need to consult with a financial advisor to set my business up for success. Mm-hmm. And it, it, so or good. even a coach, right? A coach falls under this category. If you're going through this exercise and all you're thinking about is, Sarah, I need to hire somebody. I need a VA. I need a social media manager because there's more work to do in the day than I have time for. But then you can't answer the question about, what is your process for social media, right? Or you want to do Facebook ads, but what is your strategy? What are your goals for Facebook ads? If you don't know these things, then what you probably need is somebody to help you set up systems to look at the operations of your organization because you want to create a foundation. And then from that foundation, you're going to kind of sit on top of it as the CEO. And with that foundation, you're going to see the structure that your organization needs to be And that's where you can start delegating. And what's beautiful about that is you have the structure, you did the work to build this structure. So now you have faith in it. It's going to help you release it. If you're that person, like most of us, that doesn't want to give that work to to other people because it's your baby, this process, having the foundation, having the structure is going to help you have confidence and have faith that you can delegate these things out and be successful. Oh my gosh, this gold. I feel like if we stop this episode now, that's enough to run with and make some major changes. And you're so right. Like people don't look to hire that expert person in their business until way later. And that's like what we talked about in the beginning. It's like these businesses that have already grown into like the six figure or multi six figure, and they haven't even consulted with an attorney for legal contracts and advice for making sure everything is going to be safe for them legally to continue business. So that's huge. And I think it kind of ties into like my next question is, you know, yes, you hire these people eventually when it's the right time and you've asked the questions and you have the operations ready, but like, how do you, how do you work with virtual team members in a way that works together 
and you're not micromanaging them either. Oh, it's so difficult. It, it's always hard leading people and leading people in a virtual environment is harder because what helps you as a leader is develop, developing relationships. So the more that you can get to know your employees, the more you can open up to them, the more that they're going to trust you and the more than likely that there's going to be bonds formed. And with that is where you can really have that team dynamic. If you're not having those like coffee chats, right? So in the corporate environment, you might say, okay, well, we're sitting at the water cooler and we're talking, or you have a staff meeting and everybody's chit-chatting before the staff meeting, or you go get coffee together. All those things might seem unimportant or they might seem like they're anti-work, but Mm. they are critical to the establishment of the work unit, right? If you don't have a connection with your team members, then everybody just feels like their own little island. And we need everybody kind of on one ship with the leader rowing the boat in in the same direction. So when we're in a virtual environment, we need to purposely create those environments. So some of the practical, easy things to do, one is is a tried and true. In the current environment, it's a little harder, but that is physical face-to-face event. So organizations that are completely virtual have found success when they have an annual conference. And this could be that they're big enough to have their own conference. They might have their entire work unit go on a retreat together, or it might be that they take their entire office or a segment of the office and they kind of alternate to an industry event, right? So those things have shown to build ties because it's the going through that experience together that is building the ties. It's the going to dinner to going to lunch that's building the ties. It might be a little bit of time before we see these big events take place again. We are seeing them come up virtually. So I think if you're an organization, you shouldn't eliminate the idea of a retreat. If you can bring a virtual retreat to your organization, you should do that. Some things that we can do every day are making sure we have multiple forms of communication in different levels. Right, so we have things that seem more casual to us, like a text message, and things that seem more formal, maybe like a memo or an email or a phone call. So we want to give our, we want to think about the communication multiple ways. We want our employees to communicate with each other. We want to make sure that they can text each other and they can use Voxer and they can use Slack. I don't want you to just pick one thing. Like, say we use Slack and all we do on Slack is talk about work. Well, then Slack is probably not where they're going to kind of chit chat with each other, right? Mm. So do they have text messages for that? Or do we, can can we create like a WhatsApp group or something? So think about the different tools that you can use to foster them having very casual communications. Then you want to think about the communications with you and your employees. Do you have these kind of things? Are you having staff meetings with the entire group? You should be. Are you having one-on-one meetings? There should be one-on-one meetings where you can talk about work, like, hey, I have this project and we're going to like go into detail about what I'm expecting for this project and you're going to tell me how you're doing on it. But we should also have separate one-on-one conversations with our employees 
where we're just talking about how are they doing within the organization? What do they think about their role? What are their career goals? And that, that's going to help as well. And then one of my favorite ones that really came up during this kind of growth of Zoom meetings is the strategic being late, right? So what some organizations have found a lot of success in creating staff meetings, opening it up, so not having that waiting room, just opening it up so everybody gets there before you, and then you're late. And what's happening is everybody's like on video and they just start chit-chatting with each other. And that's what you want, all that chit-chatting. So it could be that they haven't seen each other in a while because you just moved to remote work or they're all new people. And they're going to say, oh, how are you doing? Or what's that behind you, right? And it's okay to have little like moles right in there. So maybe you have a bunch of shy people. Maybe you have somebody that's more of like a leader. They're not a supervisor within your organization, but you can tell that they're a leader. They're a little more outspoken. They're a little more comfortable. And you can say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Can you initiate some of that small talk, right? And then that's how you can kind of help the conversation. And you as the leader need to make sure you're not always work, 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 right? You're having, you're stopping and you're saying, how's your family doing? right? And we should try to have video meetings as much as we can, video talks as much as we can. So you can say, oh, it looks like you got a new bookshelf. It looks like you have some flowers over there, right? It could be if you're in different parts of the country, it could be, hey, it's storming out here. What about you? Or, oh, I heard that you guys have a heat wave. So value the chit chat. It sounds ridiculous, but it is important. It's what's going to build that relationship. Yeah, I love this. I'm getting all kinds of ideas as you're talking. And you're right. Like, I feel when I have a team call, I'm like, okay, let's get to business and then let's get off. I got work to do. I want to get going. And we miss a lot of opportunity to just be human with each other, which is what I tell my clients to do with their audience and like their clients. Why are we not cultivating that within our teams? That's huge. Oh, definitely. And a lot of what we know to do when we're marketing to our customers is what we should do with employees. So we can just kind of take that marketing hat and just keep it on Mm -hmm. when we're thinking about it. Cause we're marketing to our employees to love us to, to, you know, you want them to know, like, and trust trust you too as an employer. So the same thing, you just need to translate it to, well, what's my ideal, what's my ideal employee? Where do they hang Hmm. out? What do they care about? What do they talk about? What am I trying to get them to buy into? Mind blown, Sarah. That's, I love it. Thank you for that. Good stuff here. I hope everyone's taking notes. I already have a full page of notes. I hope you haven't been hearing me writing, (laughs) but I really am, am loving everything that you're sharing. I think it's so important. So before we let people know how to connect with you, any final thoughts on just this overall topic and really how to take action with it right now. I know you mentioned, you know, starting with things like timing your day and you have, we have all kinds of questions we could ask, but if we were to really start today with one action step, what would you suggest? So I think for the women that already have teams, your, your action step should be, what is the one thing that I'm going to set up this week to foster a relationship. Mm. That could be, I'm going to set up a staff meeting and I'm going to be late to it. It could be that I'm going to start having biweekly or monthly one-on-one meetings. 
It could be that I'm going to research and identify three options for a, a retreat, a virtual or in-person retreat for my company. If you're in this space where you're, it's just you and you're thinking about changing, then what you need to do this week is to mind dump everything that you're doing, group them into categories, prioritize them, and then you can decide from there, what can I delete? What do I need to do and what can I delegate? And what, can I, what do I need to streamline? Love it. All right, so that's your homework. Everyone who's listening, if you wanna grow your business, if you wanna make a difference, and if you really want to have a team that is in alignment with your big vision, start with this action step depending on where you're at. So also as a gift for you all, Sarah is gifting everyone an HR toolkit. So talk to us about that. Let us know what we'll get if we go to this link and download it. It's going to be in the show notes, everyone. So here's what you'll get in this HR toolkit. It has a lot of goodies related to what we talked about today is going to be resources to help you go through that exercise. It's the hiring right method. And that's where you're going to kind of brain dump everything that you do. You're going to go through that part. And then it's also going to go beyond that where how we're going to go from there. I decided what I want to delegate. Then it's going to help you figure out how you can hire from there. There's also resources about the HR stuff. I talked about all those rules you have to do. It's going to help you with that, knowing what paperwork you have to complete when you do make your first hire. There's some resources in there about how to have tough conversations with your team members because we all, we all need help with that. That's no fun. Um, and of course, um, because we are in the pandemic arena, hopefully that will be ending soon. But there are some resources to help you with that, either to deal with it or to just have it in the back pocket, knock on wood, anything like that happens again. And there are just some other little stuff in there to kind of help you whatever stage of having teams you're in. So good. Thank you. That's awesome. Go download that HR toolkit so it can help you get started on this journey today. And also, if you have any questions, I'm going to encourage you to, again, check the show notes and follow Connect with Sarah on both LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, right, Sarah? That's right. (laughs) So all of her contact information is in the show notes, please reach out, ask her any questions, let her know that you heard this conversation so that she knows that you're already a little bit of a pro in knowing what you got to get done. And she will be excited to connect with you there. Sarah, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Well, I just love your community. And I just want everybody to know that you can be the CEO that you kind of dream of. And you have communities like this to help you. Love it. Thanks again so much. I really appreciate you being here today and I will see all of you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd love for you to write a review and share it. Also be sure to connect with me in my Facebook group, Social Impact Squad, and follow me on Instagram at NiceGirlCEO. Hope you have an awesome day. Go take action in reaching your goals and I'll see you next time.